Hello, everybody, and welcome to an on-location episode of If We Can Just Say. We are coming at you live, as we have before, well, live-ish, from Stephen's childhood bedroom. Wow, everybody. I wish I could show you this. It would be amazing for you. Yeah. I am your host, Jessica Carter Ogle, (laughs) and with me, as always, is this previous bedroom dweller, Stephen Ogle. Hey, uh yeah no this bedroom bedroom doesn't look anything like what it was when I lived here. What about so. the solar system valences? The so the solar system uh curtain things yeah th- those. I said valence for a reason. I don't even know it's what, a valence. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've never heard that word before. That's probably all that's left in here. Of yours. Uh that and the closet the metal closet um uh, every and the bed frame. Everything else is uh not was never oh, in the speaking room. of beds your mom did us a solid. And got us a new mattress. Yes. The previous bed was similar to... Uh, a stack of cardboard. Because <laughs> it was Stephen fr- called it. Because it was from 1994. So she got us one of those bed-in-a-boxes, and it's a game-changer. We had stayed on this exact bed at Kelly and Wes's. Shout-out to them, who also bought us a bed for our visit. Apparently, everywhere we go, people buy us beds. <laughs> but we knew we liked it, so we had her get it, and it's been a game-changer. You know how it is just traveling and being on the road. We've been working while we were here, which we are not going to do next time. I just feel like this trip has felt rushed because we were also working. Yeah. And you just, you're in a different place. You're not sleeping normally. You're not sleeping well. So to not have a good bed just kind of adds to that. So this has been really nice to have a nice bed. Yeah. And we we're on our last day and we still got several things to do. One of which is, is uh, doing a podcast. So next week, next time uh, we come down, the only thing we'll have to do probably is a podcast as far as, any sort of quote-unquote work yeah there you know the tasks that you plan for there were like two we ordered her some um shades uh, mini blinds that we're gonna hang but more things just happen and things that you didn't do last time and you do now and it's just yesterday i was like i don't want to work next time we come i just want to enjoy time with your mom i want to have a day where we can do all this random stuff and get it done and then just have days to visit with family and hang out yeah so that's our plan yeah, and I replaced her router this year, which was not very hard to do. The the I uh, got her an upgrade of our router, which is a Netgear Nighthawk, and um, you can set everything up. We are um, not paid by Netgear. No, <laughs> but we could be. No, you, we could be. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I love their stuff because you can set every, set it all up on an app on your phone. So I have your parents and ours and my mom's routers all in an app. And I it's, can access them all remotely. If anything goes wrong, I can look at them and see what's wrong. It's nice for the family IT support to have everything in one place. I mean, I got to do something. Because he's I'm the a cross-country IT support. I'm literally uh, uh, one IT. <laughs> just, one IT. Just one IT. Yeah. Just me. That's you. One it. He's yeah. an it man. Yeah. So. But anyway, yeah, we've we've been having a good trip. It's been nice. Yep. Um. So, yeah. We discovered on our way down here that... Uh, Something we should have known. October is uh, Pity Awareness Month. Yes. And as the parents of a pity, yep. we wanted to speak to that a little bit. We know a lot of pities. We've got family members who have pities. And this is an awareness month to maybe do some due diligence, those of you who are hesitant about pities and have, you know, subscribed to all the stereotypes. Like people do with people, people stereotype dogs and... 
yeah. like with people, dogs are individuals with their own individual personalities, and it isn't breed specific that certain yeah. traits come from that. So, yeah. you know, this month is a good time in your local areas if you're anywhere with breed bands or anywhere where they try to do that to speak out against that to give some love to the pities like things like that people talk about them like they're not good with families and they are good with families dogs they were not bred originally to be fighting dogs they were bred to be nurse dogs and people the worst animal of all mangled that up and bred them a lot of them to fight which is horrible because they don't have much of a chance after that they don't have lockjaw no dog has lockjaw that's not a thing yeah. No dog has it. Pities are dogs, so they don't have it. Yeah. And the news really works to help keep the pity fear alive. There's stuff that happens with all kinds of breeds and all kinds of dogs all over, including pities. There's things that happen all over, but yeah. it's just like with the news. They center on certain things. Crime and things happen all over Michigan, but you hear about most of it in Detroit, which helps keep Detroit a certain way to people. Yeah. Dog things happen all the time, but you hear about more with pities. It helps keep pities a certain way for people. Yeah, they do that with pities and Rottweilers. It's just like in our country, with a lot of the hate that's going on right now, it all comes from ignorance. Yeah. Ignorance breeds fear, and fear breeds hatred. And that is what this country is currently filled with, and it applies towards pity too. So I ask you... If you know someone who feels that way about pities, to share some information with them. Talk to them about it. Yeah. I mean, Soph's the sweetest dog. Um, Your mom is scared of dogs. Your mom is nervous around pities. And I woke up this morning to find Soph on her hind legs, hugging your mom with her tail, wagging, and your mom being like, well, hello, good morning, good morning, good morning. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, my, mom, my mom loves her. Um, the thing, I want to speak to something. You mentioned that they were originally bred to be nurse dogs. Um, their original purpose was to um, be in the room where the new baby was born and be in front of uh, crib or bassinet. Yep, be in front of the crib or bassinet and face the door. And if anybody came through that door that was not somebody they knew, their their job was to protect the baby. That was their original purpose and the reason the original reason that they were bred and 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 used and how you know uh domesticated i guess you could say um and i think that's that's a cool thing um and and i mean so our our particular pity is very um snuggly oh my gosh she will climb up on us in the middle uh, you know middle of us watching tv and push us out to sit in to lay in between us and curl up in a little bitty ball but she's oh. also hesitant with new people. She'll bark. Yeah. She'll feel it out. She's unsure. But every so, dog is that Sometimes way. she growls a little, but she's just feeling it out. Within an hour or so, she's fine. Yep. I'm not trying... You know, no dog is perfect. They're like people. that yep. They just don't have... There's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, gosh, Sophie and I have very similar personalities. It's just not socially acceptable for me to growl at somebody. <laughs> so here we go. And, 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 and I'm not under any illusions that dogs are, like, I say Soph's my baby, but I am not under any illusion that Sophie is an actual child. Like, she is a dog. I know she is a dog. Yeah. All dogs are dogs and have animal instincts, and they are animals, and anything can happen. So you have to make smart choices as a dog parent, as a dog owner. Yeah. But to say that one breed specific is the worst above all others is sheer ignorance. 
Yeah, and and I don't like. And you shouldn't be anyone speaking to anything because you have no knowledge on it. Yeah, and I, I don't like what they're doing in the UK where they've passed a law now against large breed uh, pities. Uh, that's that's that need is to look messed into up. That more, I like families have them. So what happens? Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to go on there, but I I don't like it. I follow quite a few accounts on on Instagram that that have pities and and. Uh, um, I follow the hashtag, uh, don't bully my breed. I use it all the time. Um, so I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of what's going on over there. So I, I hope that something changes quick because I mean, I, I've, I've said this for a long time. There's no such thing as a bad dog. It's a bad human because dogs don't completely understand and you have to teach them and you have to show them. You have to spend time with them, teach them tricks, play with them. Um, and, 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 some and them, feed them and you have to, you, you have to train them and you have to spend the time to train them. So like, I, and I, some of them don't acclimate to humans. Some of them don't, no. some of it doesn't happen. Just like some people don't, there are sociopaths and psychopaths and they should be removed from population. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's a sad thing, but it is, it just is what it is. It's, it's lo- taking a step back and realizing that. Every animal is an individual, and they have their own characteristics. And we, as humans, have domesticated dogs, which helps give them more individual personalities and characteristics. Like, my parents have Abby and Sadie. They're two shepherd lab mixes. They are sisters from the same litter. They have been together every second of their lives, unless one of them had to go to the vet without the other. And they could not be more different. Oh, Their personalities are completely different. So, you know. Yeah, and and when you when you talk about them, I mean Abby is probably the most welcoming dog I've ever met in my life. Immediately as soon as she sees you, she wants to lick your face yeah. and treat you like you're her new best friend. Whereas Sadie on the other hand, it takes a little while. She's like, "Step off. What you doing in my house?" But I'm the only one that I know of that she took to almost immediately, which is fantastic because yeah. that speaks to me being a great person. Because dogs, yeah. dogs can sense evil, and I apparently am not. Well, we just went to your aunt's house the other night, oh and they have gosh. a dog, and she's always. Your mom said the dog's gotten so calm. He's three now. He never jumps on anybody. And as we're walking in the door, your aunt is saying, yeah, he never jumps on anybody. Next thing you know, I have two paws on my chest. And he was all over me the entire time. I'm sure he smelled soap on me. But he was jumping on me, trying to get on me the whole time. Yeah. Nibbling my hand. Yep, nibbling your hand. Uh, When he came over to me, he was trying to... Trying to uh, like paw, he was pawing at me and your aunt's like to, he's like, never he never does this he's never yeah he was he was absolutely in love with Jess. dog sense my love for them yeah so and his so, name's Bandit he looks like he's got a little face mask on his nose because his 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 nose is white all his hair and everything cute. on his snout is white is he's so cute but yes so we ask that you just be open minded to dogs yeah and, and to pities yeah. And and my aunt's dog is not a pity, but still at the same time, oh, no, like we not. had never met Bandit, and Bandit just like attacked us with love. Yeah, so. so funny. If you've known me since I was younger, I would say from childhood after we lost Brandy when I was in like second grade to my like mid to late twenties before we got Abby and Sadie, I was like a okay dog, stay away from me, and now I'm just like okay dog, mommy, mommy with love. <laughs>
So, you know, they say people don't change, but let me tell you, they do. Yeah, yeah, people do change. Yeah. Speaking of something changing for in the news, I was just reading yesterday that Best Buy, um, starting in January, is going to no longer be selling DVDs or Blu-rays in-store or online. They are going to be completely done with it. They said with all the streaming, they're going to try to, you know, maximize that more and maximize store space more. I don't know what else they're going to put in the stores because as of right now, there's only like two racks of DVDs and Blu-rays anyway. Yeah. So I I don't know how much more space, but I'm not surprised by this. And I have a husband who still buys Blu-rays. And not all the time. I buy them. Too much. I buy them for the Marvel things and DC and like Star Wars and stuff like that. Things that I'm specific to, uh, you know, specific items. I'm... I'm building now a monster collection. Yes, I have a bunch of Godzilla and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think it's interesting because I think the last time I went to Best Buy, I felt like I had more DVDs than they did. I haven't bought a DVD or anything in 15 years well, or so. Well, I didn't have DVDs. I, I got Blu-rays. Oh, my God. It's all the same to me. I do want to get um, Barbie. That's the only thing I want to get because I loved that. Yeah, um, yeah and that'll be, uh, and that should be on these, sale soon. You know, a lot of the digital come digital dvd combos so it's like well at that point you might as well get some of these you know if you want i just hate all the stuff i have two cd cases i got rid of all my dvd cases and put all of my dvds in cases in um the cd cases many many moons ago yeah and that's what i lug with me from apartment to house to whatever yeah and i went through and added every single one to my to our spreadsheet so that we have an actual list of what movies we own. I think about the stuff I had when we were in, I was in my apartment, then when we were in our apartment, and now we're in a house, and I've tried so hard to not fill that house up. Like, I don't want to run out of space in the basement for storage, and it's like, I don't, I feel like I'm doing okay, but not too. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I am, when we get home, I need to do, like, some winter cleaning i believe they call it that's the time of the year to do yeah, your cleaning. yeah yeah that's winter cleaning that's what they call it yeah um so in aligning with the dvds we all know that netflix stopped doing their dvds and have you guys heard that netflix is wanting to open stores in the near future or in a little bit like retail store or like restaurant with like themed meals from some of their shows i saw an image of it that had a huge uh, statue of the girl from skit squid game in it and i thought I don't want this store, but I would like season two of Squid Game yeah. if I could get that at any time. I don't want to watch actual competitors playing it. I want to watch that. Like, And everyone's like, we don't want to come and spend money at your retail store. All we wanted to do was share our accounts. And it's like, you're ruining that for us. And now you're creating a store that we have to go to. And we don't I think Netflix to. is just filled with a bunch of idiots. The thing is, is that we don't have to because we're we're not going to. At yeah. least we on uh, the... Uh, the uh, host of this podcast will not be going I to a Netflix store. I would prefer they gave me more content, better content, and didn't cancel every show after. If, I'm shocked that Virgin River is getting its sixth season. I think it's its sixth and final that's, planned that way. but That's because that's a show that doesn't require any CGI. That's why that show still exists. Mm-hmm. All their other shows require some sort of CGI, and that stuff's expensive. I see. Yeah. Any, anything they got to film on blue screens and all that kind of stuff or green screens, like that that kind of stuff costs well, I don't a lot know where money. they film for Virgin River, but it's gorgeous. And I would love to go there. Speaking of gorgeous, we are hitting into the fall 
So the leaves are starting to turn. We are in Michigan. For those of you who are in Michigan, take a look at puremichigan.com because they give you color guides of what areas are prime for um, color change for each weekend in October and where you can go to see that. We did not get to do that this year, but I am hoping that our October is a little bit more open next year and we could do that. We did start to see some very little color change in the Pacific Northwest when we were there. Yeah, some of it. Cool. And by our house, there's a lot of color change now. We did get to see some on our way to Tennessee, so that was nice. Yeah, uh, I, I love the the changing of, of the leaves and stuff like that. I mean, our yard started to fill up with uh, leaves in the front yard being all over. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're getting into... We're getting into fall. Yeah. And so uh, hopefully it lasts a little bit. Yeah. I mean in Michigan it's gonna it's gonna be cold, but hopefully we can have some fires and stuff and we'll get back home. I also want a shout out to my parents. Happy forty fifth wedding anniversary, Jack and Karen Carter. Yeah. Their anniversary was October fourteenth. They were supposed to be camping this weekend, but due to a lot of rain and stuff being called for the area they were going to in our area at home, they weren't able to go. But I want to wish them a very happy anniversary. 45 years is mind-blowing to me. Like, I... I that's so amazing. I yeah. never... Before I got married, I never understood how you could be with somebody every day, all day. I never really understood marriage. Like, you, you see your parents in a different light when you get married, and you see marriage, and you experience your ups and downs in your daily life and your all of that you kind of look at them through a different lens yeah you look at marriage through a different lens like i used to be like how could you wake up every day to the same person for 45 years but like i am so hopeful that steven and i get that gift yeah. for 45 years or more or as many as we have until we die yeah also like also, another wedding anniversary that happened on uh, the same same day, uh, Saturday, was uh, my buddy Chris and his wife Sarah. They're sixteen years now. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope I hope that we get at least sixteen years. Yeah. Like that's a lo that's a long time. So, um, you know, and they're doing great. They I get... can't believe that we've already got three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me that when I we thought it was on, almost two. We went on our trip. That was our third wedding anniversary. Like, <laughs> where does the time? I think it's a perfect example of where the time goes and a lesson in making sure you take the time to enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy your time together, man. You yeah, never know if you're how lucky long enough to find that person that you are okay with annoying you for the rest of your life. Like, grab hold of them with both hands and keep on laughing. Yeah. That's what I got to say. So, again, happy anniversary to my parents. I love you very much. Yep. So, All right. Stephen, you're up. I'm up on the album anniversaries. Yeah. Uh, we got some stuff. I had to make a quick note of something for uh, next week's podcast that, that uh, we were talking about with the Netflix. I got some other stuff for that, but we'll save okay. it for next week. Yeah, today's episode is going to be a little shorter as we're just sitting on Stephen's bed, hoping Sophia doesn't make too much noise. If you heard I some... I think she's taking a nap. Yeah. If you heard some rustling earlier, she was trying to get into some plastic bags we went shopping yesterday. Um, so we got a handful of uh, anniversaries, and um, I don't know that I'll do all of them, but I'll I'll hit hit the uh, the I'll big, speak the big, to whatever you. I'll hit the big say. notes. So uh, it, it just it it blows my mind when I start looking at the number of years on some of these anniversaries. But from two thousand, Limp Biscuit. Chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water. Twenty three years old. I can't help but like cringe when I hear that title. 
That was their original name for the band. Yeah, I know. Which is, is hot dog flavored water reminds me of being at St. Thomas Aquinas, which was my elementary school, <laughs> and the ladies in the back during the baseball games boiling hot dogs to sell, oh. and the smell of that hot dog water. So every time you say that, I smell the hot dog water, and I outwardly cringe. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking rolling. We're talking uh, uh, gonna do things my way, my way or the highway. That yeah. my generation, like, oh my gosh, such a good, such a great, such a great album. Like, Limp Biscuit was good. Man, they were great, and I, I got, I got to see them live a couple of years ago, and they were fantastic live. I, I had a blast. Um, also, apologies for that. I believe my mother-in-law might have moved in her own home. Maybe and flew from the room. Possibly. Um, also, on the same day in 2000, Ludacris released back for the first Luda, time. What? His very first album. Um, which, That's ridiculous. Yeah. His first Get album. It? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, his first album, which had uh, Fantasy on it and a couple other uh, a couple other songs that uh, weren't as big, but Fantasy was the really big Literally song. seems fun. I, I don't know if I'm just like typecasting him from the Fast and the Furious movies, but I just feel like... He'd be fun to hang out with. This is one of those albums that I can't name all the songs on it. Um, there's Hood Stuck. There's First and Ten. Like Hood there's some stuck. there's some good songs on there. There's some good skits on there. But I know as soon as the song starts, I know every lyric because yeah. I've been listening to it for 23 years. Like I know Ooh, every lyric. Son. Yeah. So uh, Thrice um, in 2005 released their album Vihishu. Um, and that is the show we were supposed to see. Yes. And it got canceled. Due to the pandemic. Yeah, no. Well, he had COVID. He had COVID, yeah. yeah. Um, I, the issue, I saw them on the Taste of Chaos tour in 2005. This album had, or no, it was 2006, sorry. This album had come out and it was my, I, I just, I bought it at Best Buy. You mentioned Best Buy having CDs. I, I bought it I at Best Buy. I don't know if they have CDs anymore. I don't think they do. I don't think they do um, either. But I, I picked up this album because I saw the cover and I loved it. It looked like it had uh, Greek mythology stuff on it. It had an octopus and like this, all kinds of different weird symbols and stuff. And I was like, oh man, I, I, I'm just going to buy it. That's so that's funny. We're we've lost that. Like you've looked at album yeah. covers and you've been like, I'm gonna buy it from that. The more we get away from DVDs, one of the big things about vinyl for me is and it's how I've discovered certain like groups from like the seventies and stuff, is I look at that album cover and I'm like, I don't even care how this sounds, that's a cool album cover. I mean uh, those days are kinda gone. Yeah, there's a handful of artists that I, over the over the years, uh, since we've really gone digital that I've bought albums for. Uh, Glenn Hansard, Ben Burgess, like I saw their album cover and I was like, all right, I gotta buy it. But I was in Best Buy and I bought the issue and it changed my musical journey because Thrice is amazing. Like I highly recommend this album. It's so good. There's not a bad song on it. They do so many different uh, styles to put into it. It's it flows so well. Um, and we, it, my buddy Stu and I, we saw him at that Taste of Chaos and we were just blown away. And Stu's has seen him more times than I have, but I've seen him at least a dozen times since then. And, like, they're so good. So that was a really great album. Uh, your favorite Dirk's Bentley album came out in 2006, Long, Long Trip, Alone. Trip Alone. I love that album. Yeah. It's so good. I That was one of my favorite albums from him, and then he got a little poppy after that, and so I was turned off a little bit. 
till Stephen rediscovered, or I rediscovered him through Stephen, I guess, yeah. this year. Yeah. And I've fallen back in love with him. But I love that album. Long Trip Alone, in and of itself, is an excellent song. It's a very, it's like a moving forward type of album. That's yeah. kind of like the mood of it. Yeah. Growing up and. Yeah. It's, it's good. And very it's, good. And it's still got that early country sound to it, yeah. too. Like, it's not it's not super poppy. It, he's he's always stayed... I feel like he's always stayed grounded yes. in, in, with his country sound. As a side note, I searched Taylor Swift on the Best Buy website just to see what would come up, and all that has come up is vinyl, <laughs> which is hilarious. That's funny. And that's all I'll say to that. So, uh, the next two album anniversaries, I have them in here because of uh, one song for each artist. Mm-hmm. Steve, That's how good the albums were. Well, I, I didn't listen to the whole yeah. album, but I know the song, yeah. and I know our viewers should know the song. Steve Miller Band, 50-year anniversary of The Joker. Excellent song. Steve Miller Band's great. I saw him in concert with, um, oh my gosh, um, oh my gosh, John Belushi did an impression of him on SNL. He's a singer. Um, oh my gosh, and I love him, and I can't think of his name... Yeah, I don't know. He does his impression, and he... And he Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. <laughs> if you haven't seen Jim Belushi's Joe Cocker SNL impression, it's hilarious. That's funny. Um, but I saw Steve Miller Band and Joe Cocker at Pine Up. Maybe we can find a YouTube link for that. Yeah, and put it's that hilarious. Up, put that up with our post. It's so funny. Um, that was from 1973. The other one, 25 years old, Fat Boy Slim, You've Come a Long Way Baby, which is the funk soul brother. Check She's it out that. now. Right. Is that what is that song on that movie? I thought it was. The, I thought it was from She's All That. I don't know. I just remember it's funk soul. I remember Check Christopher Walken now. being in the music video. Yeah, Christopher in like Walken. that blue suit, doing the blue suit and dancing and yep, singing. She's all that. Yeah. Don't you question me about my late nineties, early two thousands <laughs> teen movies? I know them. I know um, ones you've never even heard of. So I've got uh, two compilation albums from uh, the record label Solid State Records, Volume 4, Volume 5. Um, I, if you like to listen to heavier rock, uh, heavier metal, like check these two compilations out. They're called This is Solid State, Volume 4, Volume 5. I found a lot of good bands on there that I really enjoy and still listen to on a regular basis. Uh, many of those bands we've talked about on this podcast before, Zayo, Living Sacrifice, Project 86, Demon Hunter. Uh, like I, I can't recommend those enough. It really changed my trajectory of how I listen to music and the styles because it just broke me out into other stuff. Um, so I recommend those. Darius Rucker from 2017, When Was the Last Time? Mm. His sixth album is six years old. That's his sixth album? Well, yeah. wait, overall, not just country. Yeah, uh, okay. not, well, that's not including any Hootie and the Blowfish, but he only had oh. one album. Uh, no, that's his country albums. Six? Yeah. No wonder his concerts are so jam-packed and everyone knows every song. Yep. Yeah. Highly recommend a, I almost said highly recommend a Hootie concert. Well, I would. Those are great, too. Yeah. But Darius. And he'll give you some Hootie. He'll give you your Hootie fix. Yep. You guys know all about that. Yep, you'll get that. Um, Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf from oh, 1977. I love, I love that album. We got the actual album at Target one Black Friday. Our first Black Friday shopping together. <laughs> yeah, we I, got it. Was our last Black Friday shopping? I think so, yeah. Because 2020 was pandemic. 21 was still pandemic-y. And 22 was last year, and we didn't go anywhere. But I think I have a little hankering. Actually, you know what? Screw that. Maybe I'll go with my mom on Saturday. I I, I agree because I'm She's gonna more fun, and you won't be there anyway. No, I'll be at the Michigan Ohio State game. So, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, 
I mentioned Demon Hunter. Their first album from 2002 came out, uh, 21st, 21st year anniversary. Uh, this album is a is a themed album, um, but man, it's it's fantastic. They were a uh, they were a band that they released a poster of them, but they're in the woods and they're wearing bandanas over their face, so you couldn't tell who they were. You didn't know who the members were. It was a mystery as to who, they would not say they released their single. They wouldn't say who any members were. And so for those of us that like followed the label and followed like, uh, you know, bands that were in the label and friends of theirs and stuff, we were trying to figure out who all the members were. And it was like, we were wrong on almost everybody except for one guy being Ryan Clark. We could tell him up front, but everybody else we couldn't tell until we got the album and actually saw what it said for who played drums, bass, guitars. Uh, but man, they're, they, they changed, they changed music. I mean, they, their music, um, a lot of military people have talked about um, listening to their music in their Humvees when they're over in Afghanistan and Who stuff like that. Who's Demon Hunter? Demon Hunter, yeah. I know we have a big poster of them in our basement. Yeah, a lot of people get their tattoos uh, of their album covers with the uh, uh, with the demon skull with uh, horns and a bullet hole through its forehead. Um, that's a. I do love a, skeleton stuff, uh, skeletal stuff like it's that. It's fantastic. They have one cover that's a uh, that's a a, a bull bull horns on one of theirs and it and it looks like a demon head but it's a bull head very instead. similar to kit moore yeah so uh yeah That's they're kind of an interesting like just the yeah. cross genre of stuff like that yeah their covers are always some sort of uh demon head with a bullet hole through the skull but it looks different like they get one that's made out of uh, it looks like it's a tree uh but yeah they got a bunch of cool stuff like that but this the first one man really good uh foo fighters one by one which is the all my life 21 years old crazy like what we've talked about nirvana recently on this podcast and like what would what would we do what what would have happened with dave garol had kurt cobain not passed away that not is to an say interesting that, query like it's it, it's a query it's like i loved kurt cobain i thought uh, nirvana was amazing like we've talked about them endlessly on this podcast but like i can't I can't like bring it up enough of, of like we I, I'm appreciative that we got Dave Grohl. Yeah. Him on him doing uh Queens of the helping Queens of the Stone Age, him doing Foo Fighters. Like it's like his he's so good. Yeah, he's, he's such a good musician. He's also a great guy. Like if he's always doing stuff, he sets up like little food um food pop ups for like home pop up sounds like such a yeah. Uh, first world like oh he does a food pop-up for the homeless i sounded yeah. like such an idiot just on. <laughs> but he does you know that and you you know i've seen photos of him when it when his girls were younger and he went to taylor swift yeah and he's yeah. singing taylor swift with them yeah he just seems like a cool guy yeah which is nice yeah. it's nice to see it's nice to see people that you admire for their musicianship actually be like good people too yeah yeah it's really cool um, a blues artist that I like, 11 years old of his first album, Black and Blue, Gary Clark Jr. Oh, he's great. He's somebody yeah. I'd like to see. I've seen him live twice. I cannot recommend him enough. His show is amazing. Yeah, like, he's pretty cool. He's, man, he's such a good guitar player. And that dude's played with the Rolling Stones, John Mayer, B.B. King. Like, he's played with so many people. Um, and he's got his own stuff and it started with black and blue and man, is it, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Bright lights is one of my favorite songs on that album. Um, he also does, uh, he does one of his songs, but he starts with, um, 
a Hendrix song called Third Stone from the Sun. Mm. And he mixes that into his song as well. And it's he does a really cool homage there to Hendrix. It's pretty cool. Um, but cool. man, he's he's fantastic. Can't recommend him enough, but that's black and blue. Uh, we mentioned Taylor Swift. Red is, uh, uh, for, man, it's, it's 11 years old. Yeah, I don't know any of that stuff as much. Folklore Evermore is what really pulled me into Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, man, the red eye. Uh, uh, I mean, I know album. I know hits from it. I think isn't Blank Space on there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. No, uh, Blank Space is on uh, 1989. Red has the uh, oh. um, tr- uh, I Knew You Were Trouble. Oh, okay. I think that's right. Look that up. Look up red for me real quick. I don't want to mess this up. Even though I'm probably messing this up. Uh, yeah, you were trouble. I yeah, knew I knew you were trouble. Begin again. I know that's and we are never ever getting back together. I thought that one yeah, was on there. Twenty twos yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah. Uh the I knew you were trouble. I remember when that came out and there was somebody put together a video of goats. Um, yes, bleeding to. Oh my gosh! What an amazing meme that turned out to be. That was fantastic. If you've never seen that, folks, go look that up. It's great. It'll uh, it'll get stuck in your head. It's wonderful. Um, from let's see, twenty-two years old, the uh, Incubus album Morning View, which I think is their absolute best album. That's Wish You Were Here, um, Circles, um, Nice to Know You. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Are you in? Like, man, what an amazing album that is! If you like rock and roll, listen to that album. It's so good. Yeah, like such a good album. Um, and then I'm gonna finish up with uh, the Black Parade by uh, uh, My Chemical Romance is 17 years old, and we saw Swell Season. Their second album is 14 years old. Strict Joy. Yeah, a lot of albums. October is a big album month. Yeah, getting your stuff in before the end of, end of the year, October and into November. Yeah, we'll probably have nothing much in December or even January. But yeah, January, uh, December definitely. December is is. I mean, I got one week where I got one album in yeah. December. Like it's it's crazy. So, um, and then yeah, January and February are kind of kind of low months, but we have a lot coming up these these next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good stuff as well. Uh, the other thing that I would be remiss if I didn't mention is that uh, 46 years ago, on October 20th, 1977, was the infamous um, Leonard Skinner plane crash. Yeah. 46 years ago. And that band, um, I, it cannot be stressed enough how much that band influenced so much music. Oh, yeah. So much music. I often man. wonder where it would fit in today. I feel like it would be country. I think in the a way lot of cases, stuff is nowadays, but but and you mentioned that that it would be country, but I think today's country wouldn't exist without them. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We wouldn't have. I mean, we've talked. They're Southern rock. Southern rock just got tossed in with country of late, but. Yeah. It used to just be rock. Yeah. I mean, like how we talked about in the 90s, you had Spin Doctors, you had Pearl Jam, you had Metallica. They were all rock in their own ways. Yeah. Whereas Southern Rock was just part of that. Now Southern Rock has sort of crept its way into country. Yeah, it's it's pretty much, and, and in some ways, um, it's sometimes called bro country, where it gets a little bit too... Gross. Too... Uh, that's your, you know, 
your um, button-down back pocket with skull skull rings in them. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Leonard Skinner, man, 46 years ago. um, Man, what what a crazy thing. I had a poster of them when I was a kid. Um, that my uncle gave me, and it's a poster of all six of them standing out in a field, and it's kind of um, it's kind of eerie to look at because their plane went down in a field. Would you say Maylene's album cover is? Yeah, because when I listen to Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, they are southern rock metal, I guess. Yeah, but more rock for me. I actually like them, but they would not exist without Leonard Skinner. No, they are a full. They're, they're nothing against them. I'm just saying the pa- the road was paved before them to be able to take to be able to make their spin on that southern rock. Yeah, and they're a band that's a, another one that at Best Buy I saw their album cover and bought it because it looked yeah. like an old vinyl cover. I have one of their T-shirts because I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk, actually, a uh, little hint for next week, we'll talk a little bit more about Maylene, because their first album is, is part of album anniversaries cool. next I'll week. Um, but yeah, Maylene would not exist without Leonard Skinner. Um, I, there's so many bands, like, yeah. even, even uh, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it's just a band that influenced a lot of generations that came after a lot of bands that came after. And, uh, I, they're iconic, man. Leonard Skinner will always be, all, all, always be the best. Yep. Um, so our, uh, entertainment for this week, um, we were going to mention it last week, but I wanted to wait a week because it was, uh, um, two weeks that kind of, uh, which, what would you say, uh, combo or, or complement stats together too. Yeah. Complemented one another. So, uh, the big thing is, is, uh, we talk about wrestling on this podcast and, um, it, the first week of October on, uh, October 3rd, WWE has their show NXT on Tuesday nights. Um, and they've slowly been getting more viewers every week, um, for the last year. They've been building and building and building. Well, they got 857,000 viewers on Tuesday night. Which is a big deal for now, for this show. Because this show hasn't gotten that many viewers in it's a long time. It's not to the SmackDown Raw level. It's more like yeah, like the Farm League version of WWE. Yeah. But it's, it's still like amazing. But it's yeah, not... It's their developmental brand. Yes. There you go. So, um, AEW, the following night on, on October 4th, which was a Wednesday, um, their number one show, Dynamite, they... There was a point in time where these two shows went up against each other on Wednesday nights, and we talked about that on this podcast very early on in our run in the podcast. Um, but these two shows used to go head-to-head, and so there's a lot of competition between these two shows on who gets the most viewers. Well, on October 3rd, NXT got 857,000 viewers. On October 4th, Dynamite for AEW got 800,000 viewers. So they got beat. Yeah. Well... Baseball, playoff baseball, which if you guys haven't paid attention to playoff baseball, it's been amazing. Um, but they preempted and moved Dynamite because they're on TBS. Dynamite's on TBS for AEW. So they moved them to Tuesday night to go head-to-head against NXT. And this hasn't happened in almost two years. These two going up against each other. Well, WWE pulled out all the stops. John Cena, LA Knight, uh, Asuka. American Badass. Undertaker. Um, who else was on the show? Uh, Cody Rhodes showed up. Yeah. Um, so you got John Cena, Cody Rhodes, and Undertaker, and uh, who have never been on NXT ever, 
showing up. Was Asuka on NXT? Asuka started on NXT. Oh, she? she went undefeated in her original run that. in NXT. Okay. She never lost a match. Um, Paul Heyman was on NXT. Big, big show, man. I mean, excellent show, front to back, amazing. Everything about it was awesome. Every single match was great. Every single segment, they were banging on all cylinders. And they got 921,000 viewers. While Dynamite on the other side, on the other channel, on TBS, up against them at the same time, got 609,000 viewers. They had a dramatic drop. And the, the news that really came out from this was not that that NXT had beaten them so badly. It was that Tony Khan went on Twitter and became an idiot. Well, Tony Khan is a child running yes. a giant organization. Yes, he became a child. I mean, they even won in the 18-49 to 49 demo. Uh, NXT beat them in, in that. Uh, but Tony Khan became... Uh, showed his his colors to being a child. The problem is AEW considers themselves at war with WWE. You cannot be at war with a company that's been around for decades and has dominated a market when you are in your third year of existence. You need to worry about your own backyard, worry about what you're doing, because there is room in the industry for both. The industry craves both. It needs both. There's room for both. But in with when you, instead of looking at your own backyard and fixing what needs to be fixed and giving the best product you can and only speaking to your own product, when you have the mic and the tweets and you instead Instead, speak against WWE instead of for your own product. What that tells me is that you don't believe in your own product. You don't think your own product can stand by itself. And instead of touting it, you're trying to quickly say why WWE is wrong or what they did. Yeah. He needs to, like I was saying to you, if I'm a new country singer and I have been around for a couple years and I'm upset that I don't sell the type of things that, that Taylor Swift does, then I don't know what I'm doing because I need to focus on what I'm doing. I can't compete with Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's been around for years and she's super talented and she knows what she's doing. So why don't I, behind the scenes, sort of look to that and use some of that to help me build what I need to build. Yeah. You know? And and when you say that, I, I immediately thought of Kip Moore. Kip Moore doesn't care about anybody else in, in country music. Yeah. He, he only cares about what he's doing. He sells out the places where he's at. He doesn't care that Taylor Swift... I mean, he probably is indifferent. But, like, he doesn't focus I, I on the fact he's that... he's probably, like, good for her. Yeah. But, like, he's not like, oh, man, Taylor Swift just sold out Little Caesars Arena two nights in a row... That's that's messed up. Like, why can't I do that? He's not like that. He's going to his venue and putting, you know, 3,000 seats filled and have, filling it out. It's just like politics. This is exactly like politics. When you have the platform to speak about yourself and present yourself and show the world yourself, but you instead use it to speak to your enemy, to speak to your opposite, to speak to whatever, all that tells me is that you don't have the confidence in yourself and you don't yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah, and so. I feel like that's what Tony Khan is. I've said it before. It's like the movie Little Big League, where the little eleven-year-old boy becomes manager and inherits his grandpa's <laughs> baseball team. That's Tony Khan with AEW. Yeah. He's he's a he's a mark running a company, and they've got no guidance. They've got no leadership. They've got no anything over creative. Fix all that. You guys have an amazing amount of talent. 
There's so many good people on that roster. Fix that. Like, there is a drastic difference in that product since Cody Rhodes has gone. Yep. That we were talking about that earlier this week. Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes made AEW seem more like it was together, but yep. also at the same time, it, it, it's it's not uh, it's not just him. It had Brandy Rhodes in charge of talent relations. Yeah, and his wife is amazing. Brandy is fantastic at talent relations. She knows she will put two people in a room that don't like each other and she will force them to get along and get it together or they'll have to get out. Like yeah. she is she does not take any any guff from anybody. She was great at that. And I think that that's something that's missing more. Cody Rhodes on the TV side and an appearance to the fans, yes. Yeah. But backstage, they're missing Brandy Rhodes big time. They're missing something, like, I'll tell you that. Because she was the one who traveled the roads and went and got all the talent. She yes, signed, she did. She signed Britt Baker. She got the Bucks and Kenny Omega to get involved. She turned around and got Moxley. She got Jericho. Like, she did the work to get on the road to go meet these people where they were at and get them on her brand. Yeah. And they have suffered a lot since the two of them have been gone. And yep. and from the back, I, I guarantee you that... that Brandy Rhodes leaving left a huge wake in that in that behind the curtain. I just think you need to figure out your own backyard before you start talking about somebody else. Yep. And Tony Khan's backyard is a mess. And the thing is, is that on November 17th, their Saturday show, AEW Saturday show Collision, is getting preempted. We've already been notified that they're going to be moved to Friday night. And they're going to be in the 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock segment oh up, wow up against smackdown it's smackdown work out for them smackdown can pull three million viewers yep they are going to get destroyed and the thing that but it's just that's just a fact so don't even focus on it that is exactly what i was about to say Sorry, I didn't, yeah. you are going to get demolished by smackdown when it comes time to talk about the fact that you got demolished, don't even mention WWE. Exactly. Talk about your product and how good your product was and what you guys put on and the matches you put on and what you're doing. Who cares what WWE is doing? Exactly. There, we already know a month out, you guys are going to get, I mean, like it's not even going to be, it, it's like Pop Warner football trying to get into the NFL. They're going to get killed. Yeah. It's going to be a slaughter in the ratings. Who cares? Don't worry about WWE's product because I guarantee you they're not worried about you. But I know that that SmackDown, they're going to bring some people back. They'll have yeah. John Cena on their show. They'll probably have The because Rock. Because they can. Because they can. They'll pull The Undertaker. They're going to do it because the thing is, is that AEW made a mistake. They made several mistakes. One, they keep referencing WWE. Number two, they keep claiming there's a war with WWE. The WWE proved with their with their developmental brand that if you want to have a war, you're going to lose. And when they go up against SmackDown, their A-brand product, they're going to squash you. Yeah. Like, And they're going to make a point. And that's okay, though. They should. They've been around forever. You're yes. just a little baby. That's yep. how it should be. And this is... People talk about the Attitude Era with the Monday Night Wars with WCW Nitro versus Monday Night Raw. And those two companies at that point in time were on fire. Those two companies had people in charge of them, Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff, that knew how to run TV, that knew how to uh, get viewers and, and put butts in seats. 
and they knew exactly what they were doing. At a certain point, Eric Bischoff made some mistakes, and his mistakes were that he focused on WWE too much, and he kicked the beehive, and he got stung like crazy. Yeah. They beat WWE for 83 weeks in a row in the ratings, and then they stopped beating them, and they never beat them again. And their problem was is that they always focused on WWE. They always talked about WWE or made comments about WWE. And that is a problem that AEW needs to look at history and go, we shouldn't be like them. We need to be our own product. Because when they started, they were their own product. They called themselves the pro wrestling show. Yeah. This is the show to see pro wrestling. And I think that they've gotten a little bit too big for their britches on calling out WWE when they don't I need to. I agree with that. I 100% agree. So, uh, and and as a as a viewer myself, I, I say all of that to say, I watch it. I watch them both. I watch both shows because you can because there's room for it. Yeah, because, because I, there's no reason for there not to be. Because I enjoy both shows. There's parts of both shows that bug me. There's parts of both shows that I really like a lot. Um, and, and we're traveling this weekend, so, or this week, so I haven't seen any wrestling since we've been here, but when I get home, I'll watch it all because that's what I do. I watch it all. I enjoy it all. I pick it apart, but I pick it apart because I love it and I want it to be better. I want AEW to be better. I want them to be their own company that does better. Fans do that. Tony Khan shouldn't be the one doing that. If you had a show and you had a good show and you come out and all you tweet about is, oh, well... You know, The Undertaker and John Cena have never come out to this small of numbers before under a million. What does that have to do with anything? Tell me about you. Tell me what your product did. Yeah, and and the comment back to that was is that uh, Adam Copeland Edge has never been on a show that got less than a million viewers either, and he was his his show got six hundred thousand. Exactly. So, what are you, so what like, are you who cares? Say? Yeah. Yeah, like so. Um, but yeah, and, and that dynamite was, was a good dynamite. Uh, I think the main event, unfortunately, I think it fell a little flat, but everything else in there was great. There yeah. were some really good matches. The um, thing is there's room for it. Look at yeah. it as there's a lot of wrestlers out there. There's a lot of athletes out there that don't get that big break because that big break is really just WWE. Look at what you've done. Impact's been around for how long? Impact's never been able to secure a TV deal like you had to be mainstream TV. You know, I mean, you've got your dad's money, so don't get me wrong. But nonetheless, you still were <laughs> able to do it. So it's like... There is actually another place for this talent to go and to be formed and to work on their craft, and that's what we should be looking at. Yeah, um, I, I saw a thing from Randy Orton. Uh, this was from like a year or two ago. Um, he was going back and forth with Tony Khan, and Tony Khan was like, you brought me up first, so I don't know why you want to talk about me or whatever. And Randy Orton was like, I wasn't talking about you. If I was going to talk to somebody in charge, I'd talk to your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's And awesome. on that note. Um, I will say, uh, you mentioned uh, getting uh, getting your uh, getting your chance. Um, will Ospreay signed with WWE yeah. from New Japan. Will Ospreay has been on AEW television uh, off and on for the last two or three years. Um, he is a fantastic talent. If you've never, if you like wrestling and you've never seen any Will Ospreay stuff, look him up on YouTube. Look up New Japan. He's great. But when he comes to WWE, I can't wait. I'm excited because nice. he is an excellent talent. The dude can talk. The dude can wrestle. He looks like a wrestler. Also, he's got that British accent, which is fantastic. Yeah. I um, prefer a southern one. 
<laughs> to each their own. And with that, what do we? Uh, where can they find us, babe? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, WordPress. If we can just say dot com. Um, if we can just say 918gmail.com, please reach out, like, listen, subscribe, share. Just share our posts. It's just easy. You just click that little arrow and share. No yep. big deal. Yeah. Just share, tag us, um, give us some feedback, talk to us, interact. We'd love to interact with you more. And thank you all for listening. Yep. And if you have a pity, put up your picture yes, of your pity on your our pitties. post. Yes, so, please do. So I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all.